Hey, what's up? Ray Woodson back with you. Players reporting to spring training in about a week. We are down here in the Sonoran Desert, which is very crisp and cold and windy, and it's going to be freezing tonight. I expect the weather to be a little bit better next week when players report to Scottsdale and other locations in Arizona. What's it going to be? Going to be the black hole, or is it going to be Bryce Harper in Triples Alley? Is it going to be both? Is it going to be neither? These are questions we will explore on the podcast today with a caveat that these stories are changing by the hour, it seems. But here goes. As for Harper, the Giants are one of the teams apparently in on Harper, for whatever that means. We know that Farhan Zaidi, Larry Bear, and Bruce Bochy met with Harper and his agent Scott Boris in Las Vegas this week. Are they going to meet again? Is it going to get more serious? Or was just just a first date and that's it? Two things in that story might make Giants fans roll their eyes. First of all, I mean, they were in on Giancarlo Stanton, too. The second, Harper's agent is Scott Boris, who knows how to create a market. Is the story just a tease? He definitely wants it out there. Uh, the Giants have settled for the silver medal or the bronze or not even being on the podium in the past. So I take these stories with a grain of salt, and I'm sure a lot of fans do as well. Why would Harper want to play in San Francisco? Now, he's talked up the place on Twitter in the past, but that's just as a visitor. The numbers are not good. He has a career 588 OPS at the ballpark, albeit in about 80 plate appearances. My guess is you get him here for a whole season, he's going to have a better OPS than 588. At least you hope so for the money he's asking for. Uh, true to form, Boris is talking up the Giants as well. He's talking up the fans, the ballpark. We've heard that song before. It seems like there are other deep-pocket clubs with friendlier ballparks to hitters and uh, warmer weather most of the year, closer to his hometown of Las Vegas or maybe a place like Philadelphia, or maybe the Nationals bring him back. But what does he truly value at this point in his career at age 26? Remember the day Farhan Zaidi was introduced? I asked him about the notion that the Giants can't sign a big-name free agent slugger because of the ballpark. That's a notion Brian Sabian had recently repeated. And here's what Zaidi had to say that November day. It's been said that the Giants can't attract a free agent slugger to this ballpark. What's your take on that? I don't uh, view that as the case. I mean, you had, uh, you know... Barry Bonds had quite the career here, and yeah. not, not every slugger out there is, is Barry Bonds. But, you know, this is an attractive place to play. This is a terrific market. And, you know, in this day and age where people consider ballpark factors and adjust for that, not just in how they view statistics, but how they vote for awards, you know, I just think the way the game is viewed and, and the way ballparks affect statistics, people have a more sophisticated view of that, and I think players are aware of that as well. Okay, so maybe Bryce Harper doesn't worry so much about that. And once he signs, he's not worried about whether the stats are going to affect his bottom line. He might be worried about other things, like making all-star teams and playing in the postseason, but he's looking at around 10 years, $325 million at minimum. The market's gotten a little soft this offseason, rather strange like last year, but Here's betting that he gets something close to those numbers. But he's also looking at Triple's Alley and a big brick wall. Hubris could take over, and he could say, I don't care, I can hit it into the cove. And he probably could. Uh, this is a ballpark that uh, I think he can handle. But the ballpark can handle sluggers, too. Now, Boris has indicated the ballpark's dimensions would not intimidate Harper, and of course he's going to say that. But Triple's Alley gets almost all of the sluggers, almost all of them. 
except for Barry Bonds. If he hits a 420-foot out more than once, and here's betting he will, would frustration kick in? I'm sure that's a thought he's considered. Does Harper seriously look at the Giants roster, the farm system, the last two seasons, and think he's going to be playing in October? He would be a step in the right direction, especially with a barren outfield. But would he be enough? Probably not. Not this year. So how patient is he willing to be? And why would the Giants want Harper? Well, again, they're weak in the outfield. He instantly makes them better. You get another veteran to sign on a one-year deal, say an Adam Jones or a Carlos Gonzalez, and all of a sudden you're looking decent. He would anchor the batting order and push other Giants hitters back to where they probably should be. One of the reasons the Giants have finished second to last in runs scored the last couple of years is the instability and the lack of depth in the batting order. There's been no bona fide cleanup hitter, and that means putting guys out of place. And that has a domino effect. A guy better suited to batting fifth or sixth is batting cleanup. A guy better suited to batting seventh is batting sixth or fifth. And you get out of place and where you used to be in the lineup, you tend to try too hard. Harper would take away some of that pressure. With him, the Giants might be able to put together a lineup that averages nearly four runs a game. And, and that's the magic number. With their pitching staff, it's been a magic number for the last few years. They score four runs. They win most of the time. Toss in improved outfield defense, well, you're getting somewhere. Are you getting to the playoffs? Well, maybe not. Maybe not this year. But you're at least energizing the fan base and perhaps season ticket sales, which I would imagine have been down this year, the expectations being very low. It would supercharge what so far has been a lackluster offseason, aside from the hiring of Farhan Saidi, an offseason that included the controversy surrounding co-owner Charles Johnson, and the Raider debacle, which we'll get into later. The point has also been made that just down the street, a star-studded championship team has a glitzy new arena opening later this year, and the Giants, who've been the only show in San Francisco, sports-wise, really, might want to keep up with the Lakeups and Goobers of the world. But the Warriors have Lakeup and Goober. The Giants' big-money decisions have to go through multiple owners. Harper can be high-maintenance. Some controversies are his fault, some are not. But by and large, he has the reputation of being a pretty good teammate. But I've said it before. I would want this guy on my team. When he's right, he's the best player on the field. When they aren't playing the Angels. Just comes down to how much you're going to pay for that kind of talent. The Giants have the money. As Boris pointed out, the ballpark is paid for. They've got a great financial model. As he put it, a rocket ship of a financial model. It's another way of saying, guys, we're on to you. We know you're rich. And Oracle is going to pony up 300 to $350 million over the next 20 years for the naming rights to the ballpark. And the Giants reset the penalty by staying under the luxury tax threshold. So going back into the tax seems a small matter for a club that is the equivalent of Croesus in this sport. The Giants are the fourth most valuable team in Major League Baseball, last report according to Forbes. Money is not the issue now. It seems like this is a moment to use some of that wealth. If it works out, you're making even more money down the road. Down the road is also the Mission Rock Project, right down the road, in what is now one of the most active areas of San Francisco. Yeah, money is not the issue. It's just how you spend it. The Giants have always been among the biggest spenders, but sometimes not wisely. 
This case, you have a 26-year-old who is one of the best in the game when healthy. He's reaching his peak years. That's just the type of player for whom you commit a long-term deal, as long as he's not a stickler for an opt-out clause. Then again, could be all for show. I've long been skeptical that the Giants would or could do a signing of this magnitude. Although they made a run at Stanton last year, once again, they got the bronze medal. Zaidi brings a different approach, for sure. He may look at Harper as exactly the type of kickstart the Giants need. And as we mentioned before, a slow-developing market has worked to his advantage. It has allowed him to uh, circle back, as he put it. And why not? Might as well see if there's anything you can do. And hey, Hunter Strickland's in Seattle now. Bobby Evans used to joke about not getting the rose. Well, the Giants might just get thorns again. That's how the smart money bets. I hope I'm wrong. If I am, the Giants will send a clear signal. They're doing business in a much different way now. Or it could be the same old Scott Boris business, just trying to create a market. And with spring training beginning next week, the pressure is on uh, to sign him somewhere. Let's just say right now, if I'm talking to you a week from now and Bryce Harper is a Giant, I'll be surprised. Pleasantly surprised. Coming up, Larry, Curly, Moe, and Mark Davis. All right, I used to do some radio voiceovers, so I'll try a slightly different character here to read this promo. The Blue Wire Podcast family continues to grow. More podcasts, more voices, more listeners, more cities around the country. We're showing up on the iTunes top charts. That includes another Giants podcast, Candlestick Chronicles. No, I'm not jealous. We've been featured at Hashtag Sports and Awful Announcing for a good reason. We reached nearly 150,000 people last month. Me, I'm happy to jump on the surfboard and go along for the ride. You can catch all our podcasts, the Bay Area and beyond, at BlueWirePods.com. Oh, man, what a phony. All right, allow me to give you an audio rendering of Mark Davis's search for a home in the final year before the Raiders to move to Las Vegas. Yep, the mo haircut and the smoothness of curly. Mark Davis, everybody. Doesn't want to finish up the second Bay Area stint in Oakland. He says that would be like paying for a lawsuit against him and the team. The city is suing to recover damages from the team's move to Las Vegas next year, including an $80 million stadium debt, and they don't want to be holding that big bag. Mark Davis does not want Levi Stadium. Does not want. So then he slinks over across the bay to talk to Larry Bear and the Giants, who are more than willing to collect rent money if they can. Giants fans, according to my Twitter poll, Albeit unscientific, but here it is. They say, hell no. 54% say it would be an affront to Giants fans to have the Raiders play at that ballpark. 24% say it's a good way to make extra bucks. 14% say it won't matter after September because likely the Giants won't be playing in October. 8% say it's better than the San Francisco Demons. Remember, this is the XFL. Excuse me. San Francisco Mayor London Breed says, hell no. She says the Raiders should play in Oakland. City officials cite the logistics problems, but I don't really think that's an issue. The Giants have played lots of games in October. The Warriors, about to open up Chase Center down 3rd Street this fall, they couldn't be too happy about the prospect of the Raiders playing there up the street on Sundays or Saturdays or Thursdays or Mondays. Then there is the territorial rights issue Oh, irony of ironies. 
the 49ers still hold the rights in San Francisco, where the Giants still hold territorial rights to San Jose to keep the A's out. It's like an Escher drawing. Look up Escher, M.C. Escher. It's, you know, the painting with the lizards and the stairways that look like they're going up when they're going down or they're going in when they're going out. I, that's all I'm going to explain. Look it up. Well, Sunday, it was reported that the Raiders and the Giants were close to a deal. Then it was reported it was all but dead due to opposition by the 49ers and the NFL, among other things. But then Henry Shulman of the Chronicle reported that he heard the idea is not dead and the territorial rights issue is not that cut and dried. Supposedly, there would be no preseason games for the Raiders in August at Oracle Park, no home games in September. If there was a home game, it would be in London. And if the Giants made the playoffs, the Raiders would then swap home dates with divisional foes. That way, the Oracle Park field isn't made into mulch. I don't know how many other NFL teams would agree to that kind of quick switch, though. And as far as the Raiders are concerned, well, I can't see any team signing up on that type of schedule to start the season. But the Raiders aren't just any team, and Mark Davis isn't just any owner, and this just isn't any season. And even if an agreement is made with the Giants, the NFL and 49ers could still step in to block it, which could then funnel the Raiders to Levi's. So the 49ers and Santa Clara could collect rent money after using their territorial rights. And then Mark Davis, unable to swallow his pride, would say, nope, not going to play there. And that presumably would bring him crawling back to Oakland, which could then play the role of greedy landlord. And why wouldn't they at that point? They'd have all the leverage. Cal's Memorial Stadium doesn't sound like Berkeley wants him and to deal with what would be logistical problems there. Las Vegas, well, Davis doesn't want to go there yet. Not until they are ready to unveil the gleaming new stadium that he stumbled his way into. They want to make a grand entrance. Sam Boyd Stadium is not that grand entrance. They don't want to stray too far from the Bay Area because they still have the Alameda training facility. But the NFL is going to want an answer very soon for scheduling purposes. And I know many Giants fans are upset at the prospect. They're grumpy anyway after the last couple of seasons, and I don't blame them. This is yet another reminder that the Giants are a business. They have used the ballpark for many purposes over the years. One reason they've been able to pay off the mortgage, and they don't pass up a chance to make money. It just looks bad, because the Giants just had a memorial service for Peter McGowan. He always envisioned that turf as pristine, that this stadium was a baseball temple. Many fans who spent enough money to help the Giants pay off the stadium feel some sense of ownership in one of the most beautiful ballparks in America. I get it. It's a real bad look in their eyes. But if the Raiders aren't playing until after the last pitch is thrown in the 2019 season for maybe seven games, as absurd as that schedule sounds for an NFL team, it won't matter in the long run. But again, it's a fair question. Even considering that the Giants are a business, why risk all the ill will from fans for a few rental dollars? Now, some fans say, hey, if it helps the Giants pay for Bryce Harper, go ahead. I don't think the amount of money that the Raiders are going to pay in rent is going to make that much of a difference. As we've noted already, the Giants have the means. Might be a separate bookkeeping category anyway. And the NFL could put the kibosh on the whole thing and tell Davis, look, we helped you get your new stadium in Vegas. Suck it up, bull cut. Stay in Oakland or go to Levi's for one damn season. And all things considered, Mark Davis probably won't see it this way, but as far as the fans, even pissed off Raider fans are concerned, 
the best option would be to stay in Oakland for one more year, have your swan song, and the ones who are really with you all the way, they're going to be upset, but they're going to be out there with the signs saying, uh, don't go, we miss you, the black hole forever, stuff like that. By and large, the Bay Area is treating the Raiders like the deadbeat uncle who still won't leave after the holidays. As our friend Ray Ratto wrote in Deadspin, in sum, Davis has a thing of allegedly great value that nobody else wants to have anywhere near them. It's as though he had just cornered the market on plague and is baffled that the market for death on the streets just isn't there. What does John Gruden think about this bleep show? An already bad team that has to go through Airbnb to get a home? How does that help the prospects of a team you already tore down? Or maybe he doesn't give a dealer's chip what happens these first two years before Vegas. It's all about building up to Vegas and, hey, he's getting $100 million anyway. As for the city of Oakland, good for them. I'd commit to at least 81 games with the A's over Cirque du Black Hole anyway, over any NFL team, which in other cities will pick every taxpayer's pocket if they can. And again, Oakland is suing the Raiders. They're suing Davis. They're suing the NFL. They could be left holding the bag. So why not try to recoup some losses by upping the rent on your short-timer tenant? Davis, for his part, had no definite plan for after the Coliseum lease expired this year. And the story seems to change by the day. Giants? Yes. Giants? No. Levi's? Meh. Back to Oakland? Maybe. Fresno? Is Frank Yule Field still available? So Giants fans, just be glad. Your team has the stadium situation settled. Even if it means a football game or celebrity proposal or two along the way. As bleak as the last two years have been, just remember, you're not the Raiders. We'll be in Scottsdale next week. We'll talk to you then on Triple's Alley Report.